Hi, hello. Good morning, church. Yanni uh, and I are pleased to join you by Zoom from England. We're, uh, we're scattered in our homes, but we're gathered to worship the Lord our God, and we're gathered to grow in faith and love as we learn to follow our Lord Jesus. In uh, our reading from Mark's Gospel, uh, we have uh, two simple parables about the kingdom of God, which Jesus told to his followers. When uh, Matthew tells the story of the kingdom of God, he calls it the kingdom of heaven. It's uh, the same thing that Mark is speaking about, but Matthew is writing for a Jewish audience who were very reticent to speak the Lord's name. They, they took the Old Testament command, do not um, uh, take the name of the Lord your God in vain, very seriously and uh, so seriously that they didn't use God's name at all. So, uh, or, or, or did try to avoid using it. They used heaven to convey the meaning. Now for us, it's better for us to speak of the kingdom of God rather than the kingdom of heaven. Because what Jesus is teaching is more about the rule of God, about God being king, rather than about a place. The coming of the kingdom of God was central to the good news, to the message of Jesus. Uh, Mark tells us Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe the good news. The good news was that the kingdom of God is near. But there were cultural barriers to people understanding and receiving Jesus as God's saviour. Many people were puzzled because the popular expectation was that when Messiah came, the kingdom of God would appear all at once. And many of the people of Jesus' day were expecting God's saviour to change everything in a cataclysmic event. Messiah's coming and victory would vindicate the Jewish people and bring judgment on the pagan, on the non-Jewish uh, nations. So many people must have been thinking, why doesn't Jesus put the world to rights? If the kingdom of God is at hand, why is the world still in such a mess? Why is there so much injustice and oppression in the world? Why is there still so much sickness and suffering? If Jesus really is the one who was sent to be the saviour, why doesn't everyone believe in him? They were the questions that related to their expectations of what the Messiah would be. Now in the parable of the sower, which comes just before this in Mark's gospel, Jesus had uh, taught that whether the good news of the kingdom takes root in people's lives or not depends on how much attention they pay to God's work. Do they guard it in uh, good and uh, honest soil, uh, uh, in a good and honest heart, like the good soil, and allow it to take root and to grow? Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's not just a catchphrase. It's a central theme 
of Jesus' parables. If we want to see God's kingdom come, we need to open our hearts to receive God's word, to make room for it to grow in our life, to accept it and allow our trust in God to develop, to let the message shape the way we live, to let the kingdom of God come in our lives. We need to choose to keep close to Jesus and to go his way. The parable of the sower emphasized our individual responsibility to be careful how we hear and respond to God's word. This answered the question at the individual level of why people respond differently to the message of the gospel. Are we hearing and ready to obey? What do the two parables that we had read to us today add to what Jesus had already said? In these two parables, we have a complementary picture of how the kingdom of God grows. In the parable of the seed that grows secretly, Jesus is emphasizing the mystery and the certainty of growth. It doesn't mean that the farmer should not plough the land or fertilise the soil or plant the seed. Some ministers complain about the lack of growth in their congregations and they wish they were somewhere else. I have an antidote to that. <laughs> I keep a bookmark in my Bible with these words on it. The grass is not greener somewhere else. The grass is greener where it's watered with biblical vision, faith-filled expectation, and God's blessing. And we ministers, just because the growth is mysterious, uh, we ministers are not excused from a faithful ministry. We need to be faithful to God, to our calling, and to teach God's word, to be energetic and serious about it. Jesus was giving a different vision of how God's kingdom would come. It's not going to be an overwhelming display of power that would crush opposition and take away people's freedom to choose. The Lord has given us freedom to choose and it doesn't take it away. In their preaching, Jesus and his apostles were sowing the seed of the kingdom. Once seed is sown in the ground, it disappears. It often seems as if nothing is happening. It grows in secret whether the farmer stays awake or not. There's a mystery to how the Holy Spirit is at work. The seed, the planted seed grows in secret. As Jesus said to Nicodemus in John's Gospel, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. It's God who gives the growth, and growth is natural for the kingdom of God. Growth in numbers of people uh, in churches, in congregations, and growth in the fruits of the Spirit in our personal lives. Sometimes I've had to fill in forms uh, to say how and why I became a Christian. As I reflect on that, I find it more difficult to give one time and date. As I look back at my life, 
there have been lots of uh, points where I've made decisions of different kinds to follow Christ. God's work in our lives is a mystery. But it's clear. But what is clear as I look back at my life is that God has had his hand upon me since I was a child, leading me and keeping me. Now I'm following Jesus and there's no turning back. There's a mystery to the growth of the kingdom uh, of God in an individual's lives. And I look at my life and I can't explain uh, how. And in the world at large, uh, it's difficult. It, it is a mystery, but there's also a certainty about it. What God has begun, he will bring to completion. There will be a harvest time. When the Lord our God will establish his rule for all to see, it will be plain. Some of you may have heard uh, that parable, parable of the mustard seed called into question and said that Jesus uh, was inaccurate, that he didn't know uh, he made a mistake. Well, did Jesus make a mistake? It is true that there are other seeds that are smaller than the mustard seed. The mustard seed isn't actually the smallest seed. Some orchid seeds are a lot smaller. But Jesus was speaking to first century Galileans within his and their range of botanical knowledge. We don't have to claim that uh, Jesus was infallible in every area of knowledge. The mustard seed was commonly regarded in Palestine at that time as being the smallest seed. Otherwise, uh, the people uh, would have challenged him and corrected him. But Jesus used the illustration to make his point. The point is not about infallibility. The point is about the beginning of the gospel might seem insignificant, and its growth might be slow and hidden, it sh but it is sure and will become large and significant. And that mustard seed, that uh, mustard shrub Jesus was referring to, grew in the area around the Sea of Galilee to four meters. It's big enough for birds to nest in. The people of Galilee would have understood Jesus' imagery. He was referring back to some of the Old Testament prophecies about God planting a tree in, in Israel and the nations coming uh, to take shelter in it. And we, we have a phrase in England where uh, the, the, the things that you do in life uh, in the end affect you. To say it's uh, your, uh, your birds come home to roost uh, and uh, and that is uh, th that's a similar kind of thing but the idea here is that just as in that Ezekiel passage where God took the top of a cedar tree small sprig from it and planted it in Israel and it grew to be a tree a magnificent uh, noble tree planted by the Lord and the birds were able to come and find shelter in it. The nations would come to it. And, and that's why um, 
this is coming true it is true now i chose i was the person that chose psalm 84 because uh, it has the same theme in it as well about people coming and finding a home uh, with god in particularly in the temple within the old testament context and uh, and and i can picture the psalm writer uh, probably one of the uh, priests or one of the levites in the temple looking up at the uh, at the hearing a sound and looking up and seeing that a swallow has made its nest uh, in one of the eaves under the temple roof and uh, and a little uh, sparrows found a, a little shelf where he can build his nest and saying and, and being inspired to write this psalm even a sparrow finds a home and the swallow builds a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars O lord of hosts and psalm 91 uh, has the same hope he who abides in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the almighty i will say to the lord my refuge and my fortress my god in whom i trust this is the this is the promise that jesus taught in the parable has come true the kingdom of god has grown all over the world people are coming to faith in our lord jesus and we are finding god to be our refuge and our fortress i should say i say we including people everywhere all people who are finding faith in our Lord Jesus. There's a beautiful promise and a warning in these parables. Jesus said, whoever has will be given more. Whoever has not, even what he has will be taken from him. I'm going to look at the, the warning first. If we do not take Jesus' teaching to heart, in the end we will lose what we've already been given. And but the promise is precious if we treasure jesus teaching and make room for his word to take root and to grow in our lives we can be confident that god's word has come in us and it will continue to grow in our lives as we put our trust in jesus his holy spirit makes us alive to god and that life within us brings about change and growth we will see the spirit's fruit grow in our lives and wider in the world the more we put into practice what we're given the more the lord gives us so jesus teaching in these parables is about the growth of the kingdom of god it's still true it is being filled as we uh, pray today and the gospel is spreading and growing in our own hearts and lives and in our congregation and throughout the world praise god praise the lord for his goodness to us so we, uh, i'd like to finish with a prayer it's one of the uh, um, colleagues for later on in trinity heavenly father teach us to be faithful in change and uncertainty that trusting in your word and obeying your will, we may enter the unfailing joy 
of the Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.